0: So at seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Oh. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu.
1: Here we are back with another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast, Round One Rugby Championship in the books, as we love to say here. Um, and it went very much the way we thought it was going to go. Me and Toby talked about this last week, but a dominant display by South Africa, the Springboks, took down New Zealand. It didn't, um, it looked even more inspiring until sort of a late try by Shannon Frizzell got them their only try of the game. But 26 10, absolutely. Um, convincing win here by the Springboks, and then that was matched up by a pretty exciting game overall. The Wallabies once again starting slow, um, getting out of the blocks, uh, and going down for the first half, but having to fight and claw their way back in, overcoming a few injuries as well in this game. But they get the win and they get the bonus point, forty-one to twenty-six. I am joined by Leo and Toby here with me, and boys, first off, the Springboks hand. The All Blacks, their third successive loss. Um, That's five out of the last six games because they ended last year's tour with two losses to Ireland and France, and then they won once versus Ireland, lost twice, and lost again. So five losses out of the last six. New Zealand now in, what is it? Fifth. Fifth 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 World world Ranking's rankings. first time ever. (laughs) And no wonder that all I'm that. hearing is that you gotta you got to fire the coach. What the hell are they doing out there? They have no leadership on or off the field. So
0: what are your thoughts about this? Mate, look, I think they probably should have pulled the trigger on Foster before the rugby championship. I was a fan of making the change. I understand, you know, to get rid of him would have been a significant payout on behalf of New, uh, New Zealand rugby. So... I don't know if they're trying to push him out through resignation and maybe that makes it a bit cheaper for them. But if they go down the next weekend to South Korea again, I think it becomes probably untenable. Um, you know, we saw this coming. I think the selections, for the most part, have been one of his biggest issues. Um, <clears throat> but I think the shakeup needs to come throughout the coaching setup. It's not just him. They've tried to do that a bit already, but obviously it's not working. And I think the longer they wait, the more it's going to impact the their World Cup next year.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a very dicey situation now that they've, they've kind of rung some small changes, fiddled around the edges and, and not just sort of cut, cut the head off the thing and um, gone for a whole new philosophy. I, I, you know, players aren't going to lift and play for a new assistant coach. Um, if things are down and the same old head coach is, is there plugging away, and he doesn't, he clearly doesn't have the support of the bulk of the media. There's so many questions about his staying on. Um, it, it just feels like now it's in in this awkward phase. The the best time to do it is now, and the next best time is as soon after now as possible. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it, it, I, I just I still can't believe that a guy who's almost one of the world's best players in Richie Moonga is is on the bench. Like I know Bowden's good, but he really hasn't, um, he really hasn't opened that much up for this team. And he just doesn't have the, he doesn't seem to have the combinations with anyone. Like it it just looks very one out when he, when he made that break on the weekend, massive break. um, You just didn't seem kind of linking. Like No no one was really around him. He didn't, it just didn't look like he was part of a, a little combination that kind of understood what each other were, were going to be doing. Um, I think that's different with Richie. I think you've got the players around him already in the start. Some of them in in the starting lineup already. I think Rico has been playing poorly at 13 too. I really, yeah. I, I don't like some of he his stops. decisions. He's just a bit all over the shop. Um, And I mean, when you, when you face him up with some of the stuff like arms doing at the moment, like who would you rather have honestly, but the, there was a fair bit of hyperbole around, um, 12 months ago, but by now you might be proving that he is one of the, one if not the best world, uh, best 13 in the world.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this game didn't start with like everything going the Springboks way. Like they lost Faf de early on, trying to tackle Caleb Clark, suffered a concussion, gets off the field. Um, I mean, they had a few sort of handling errors early on in this game, but they just seemed to plug it away and it wasn't it. A- as like you mentioned, you um, and he pulled off an outstanding bit of work um, to regather a crossfield kick and set up uh, Curly and um, Colby Light uh, for that try down the down the right hand side. Um, his, that game, his only second game for the Springboks, marred a little bit by uh, Aaron sort of challenge late in the game on Bowden Barrett, where he ended up getting red carded as well.
2: Four weeks he's been suspended for. So. Won't, it's probably got slightly
0: a little bit. That was pretty horrendous.
2: Yeah, it was.
0: Bowden could have broken his neck on that. Hundred percent.
2: That's the pretty much
0: so awkwardly.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much the worst possible um, scenario that that world rugby is trying to deter players from is going into a player who's well up in the air and making no effort at all to avoid the collision, hitting them low on their body, causing them to tip like. Sometimes players make it like make a dumb decision, to almost tackle, but because they've got their arms involved, they they have half an opportunity to manage the player who's in the air that they shouldn't have impacted. This is just a, a cannonball low, full, full 180 rotation burden on his head. Ugly stuff.
1: And what do we think of this Springboks team? Is, are, are we as scared of them now as we were in the 2019 World Cup with how they're playing these last few weeks?
2: they're squeezing the absolute last bits of life out of all these older older players, aren't they? Like, I mean, some of them don't look that old, but we we know they are getting on a bit. Um, and I guess now they're able to play someone like Willemser at fullback, who's who's playing really well. And they've still got LaRue coming off the bench. who has got the class, maybe not, not the same 80 minutes he used to have. Um, I think there's still a massive threat. Like they, they can pull it together. They might be, a bit of a um, flat track bully at home, but they're just so, there's playing like such a unit, the mentality that they, that they bring as a 15, um, like they, they just don't look like they've got holes in defense that can be exploited. They, they cover each other really well. you got guys making, well, Willem sorry, again, making tackles at, the, at his fingertips, dragging guys down with yeah, you know, Caleb Clark, a rock climber's a hold. Way. Yeah, yeah, just like when you've got players covering ground and, and even when the margins are so thin, you can't get around a guy who can get fingertips on you. Um, the way Kurt Lee matched up against Caleb Clark, I thought was really imp- impressive. That's a guy who's dominated us when he first came on the scene has dominated other players. And he's got a small guy who's just throwing himself in, into the centre of gravity and, and, and taking him down. Like they're fearless. They're, they're a unit. They've got some depth. Uh, as long as these aged guys don't start breaking down, I think they're absolutely still a threat. Probably probably the most threatening in the Southern Hemisphere by a margin if we don't start getting it together with our combinations.
0: I think what's impressive is that this year they've actually brought through a bit more youth in those rotational games against Wales or game against Wales in the second game. Um, and yet they can bring back some of their savvy veterans, guys that are very familiar with each other, and they keep that cohesion. And so the luxury is with that, I think, leading into next year is that you can kind of play through and see of these older guys who is going to be up to it in the next 12 months and really start to narrow in on your selections as we head into 2023. Um, instead of just saying, well, these guys are good enough, we're just going to plow ahead with them only. They've definitely taken the time to inject youth where they need to. And I think it's really going to pay dividends into next year, giving these guys some experience, particularly into the spring tour. That'll probably, you'll see some more um, debutantes there, but they look good. They look big, physical, determined, um, you know, and I don't know when Rasi's due back. Obviously he's there in the background still, but I just think they've got a lot of good things going in this setup, um, playing with a lot of confidence and they back themselves. They really knew that New Zealand were in a spot here. And they really just turned the screws on them and even grinded away during the game and chipped away with three points if they had to. Yeah. Um, but I think this team can get better. And I think they're going to be yeah, one of the favourites for next year.
1: So, one thing you mentioned um, there as well like they're all big, they're all playing and they're all healthy, which is one thing we can't really say for the Wallabies set up at the moment. We're very much away from our frontline team. Um, and that only got worse on the weekend, uh, most notably, Quaid out. Um, sounds like an Achilles injury, that same um, side as he did, the, had the calf injury that held him out um, for those England tests as well, um, which is a real shame because he, he was looking dangerous in this game, um, setting up that first try for the tyre, um, just a nice little sort of um, holding back that ball until he was sure that I was going through the right gap and then stepping his way through the middle of the Argentinian defence as well at times. So really unfortunate for him. But you have to hand it to Hodge who had to come on in a non-preferred position um, and seemed to hold things together and still and made some of those big kicks um, towards the end of the game as well to get us back in front. I'm not that, sure that we was... can
0: afford to have no backup again like that. I think that almost felt yeah. disaster. Like you're always rolling the dice when you do play two on the bench, but I think Hodge did well enough. But... It's not something you don't want to be in that spot again. So I think Noah with James on the bench or something is probably a good option for next week.
2: I, I know I bring his name up for fifteen, and and now they've finally done it with Tom Wright. I am a bit surprised that Tom Wright hasn't been, um, sort of maybe maybe held in as a, a utility in that situation. Like the thing that le- like Hodges kicking was faultless I don't think he missed one like that was no. excellent he, he was obviously he had massive kicking demons last year lost a few clutch games where he could have been the hero um which was pretty devastating but this this week excellent can't fold it but some of his passing was pretty poor like he was throwing passes all over the place late in the game we were throwing passes all over the ground but there was a couple of critical moments where we had good attack flowing and it was just poor execution in a, in a position where it just reminds you how critical those really uh, clean, tight passing skills are, and I think Tom Wright's probably got that. And given he used to be a ten, I, I think he would have been maybe better to step up as fullback and play that kind of alternate pivot uh, in some, in in a sort of play a stronger hand in this scenario. Uh, let Hodge kind of drift a little bit and maybe use use uh, Wright as the playmaker because he's the more dangerous on his feet too. So he's going to draw the defense mm-hmm. and and maybe be able to slip people through more like Quaid would.
0: I think Hunter as well is someone that's still quite underrated with his ball skills. You know, he always has that nice little dummy he throws. I think he could slot in nicely as a reserve ten. Again, I don't want to see us in that situation. I mean, you never know, two tens could go out in a game and then you're forced to do that. Um but, yeah, look, again, backs up against the wall. We seem to perform at our best when we have ultimate adversity, and we saw that against England as well in that first game. Yeah. Um, but we still need to find a way to perform better in the first half and get some ascendancy, get ahead on the scoreboard.
1: And, again, like we talked about it, Toby, last week, um, penalties and discipline in that first half. Like, sure, this referee was pretty whistle-happy a, um, early Oh, my on. God. Um, but but it, I think it was like six penalties against us to one or something after 20 minutes. Um, and we were just giving, giving him excuses to blow us up, which ended up getting the Puma sort of in front and a lot of momentum first off with um, obviously Pablo Matera um, getting over early on um, for a try in the sixth minute, um, just getting in on the inside ball from Carreras. And, yeah, end up going to the half down and really having to scratch and claw our way to get back in front. And ultimately, like we did, we scored five tries in this game, but it still felt like um, lucky. We make it hard
0: for ourselves. We could have easily lost it still. We flipped it in the second half, decided, yep, we're going to play a bit more conservative, keep it simple, you know, not give away any of those penalties. And then Argentina started to infringe, and we got some real momentum going forward, and it felt like, you know, we could chance our own bit play at the advantage and then if we had to take the three. Um, again, we're the classier team, with a better team. I think it was a similar story against England where we look the better team for most of the game, but just little things let us down. And I think if we become more clinical, we're going to win these games pretty handsomely. Um, yeah, but it seems like right. week to week there's something different that comes unstuck and, yeah, I mean, injuries aren't helping, but we shouldn't, you know. We shouldn't blame that because we do have pretty good depth in the circumstances to be able to adjust.
2: The, the injuries take the cream off, off the top where you've got some really great skills and, and you're defaulting to the second or third best person in a position. And, and you just get more of those unforced errors, just sloppier passes, um, sloppier positioning players overrunning. Actually, that was my criticism for Rico, which I forgot to mention constantly overrunning support lines. Um, but, but like that's that's just what you get when when your depth gets tested. We're not clinical at our second and third guy. Um, and that's why I think you know we, we have these spates of uh really great attack, and then that nine, 10, 12, or the nine, 10, 15 combination just kind of break down a bit because they haven't played alongside each other for years as wallabies or even at club level. Um, and, and that just makes it hard. And it, it means we look great, we look great, we look great, and then the ball hits the ground and we've turned it over. Having said that, it does not help when we're, you know, making great attacking raids, we're putting together phases, and you've got a guy like Kramer not supporting his weight all over the ground, not, not even trying to lift the ball, let alone have his hands on the ball, just laying on a player in a bit of a arse-up pyramid, and he's getting penal. He's getting the penalty for yeah. the Argentinians. Like yeah. the, the decision making around the ruck in the first half was just awful. And I'm glad that seemed to switch in the in the second half. It looked like they got pulled up on a couple of quite technical calls, um, which which were good. Um, but it was almost too little, too late. L- lucky we we've stayed in the fight. That's a really good sign for our mental edge in these games that we we're not giving up at the 45th minute when we start the second half. We don't really make a gain and we're going, oh, well, just you know, just finishing this half and that'll be it.
0: I think to the credit of the forwards, there were certain guys that maybe didn't stand up too well, but I think for the most part, you know, our back row was really strong. Jed had a pretty good game overall, um, improved as the game went on. Fraser McWright, I think, you know, for his, his starting debut, isn't it? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I thought he was pretty pretty good. Um, looked like he stood out. a try. In
2: terms of, if he, yeah, I if mean, look, Quaid had passed the ball, he would have had a try.
0: Well, he did score. He, he did have him? a... He also yeah, had
2: no, a he try, should, anyway. he had he try He should have had that yeah. early yeah. try. Yeah. He should have had that early try. Maybe. You saw, he, he, saw he
1: obviously sees the game so well, and he has the pace to get like
0: get to the Rico right Rico needs to
2: learn support lines from Fraser. Fraser is the, the support man in whichever I team mean, he's playing. It's amazing health, and he pops up.
0: What a luxury to have someone like that come in for Michael Hooper, who's played that role for such a long period of time. And now it feels like if Hoops isn't good to go in the future, um, you know, Fraser is that perfect match, I think, to come in. And, you know, physically he's matching up. I think he could probably put on a, a few more kilos maybe to contest at the rock. But overall around the field, he's got a great motor, great skills and great vision. Um, and I think in combination with Valentini and Holloway, that was pretty good. Um, still not maybe completely happy with Philip in the forwards, but ultimately he runs a pretty tidy line out. Um, seems to combine pretty well with with guys in the back line as a link player. And, yeah, I think for now he's serviceable. Alan Alatoa, still falling off a few tackles. I, I don't think he's the player he once was, but Taniela obviously maybe still not quite at full fitness and so they're not really ready to throw him in the deep end for 60 minutes. But even so, you know, overall, I think, again, with the injuries, you've got guys like Gibbon coming off the bench. That's, you know, if we can survive with that and still win games, I think that's pretty pretty good given he's way down the pecking order. Missing someone like Angus Bell is huge.
2: And I think we're going to have to keep kind of preserving the guys that we are trying to get through it. If you bring someone like Taniela back in this second game because you think he's probably ready and he's not quite, you're probably going to get unlucky and, and, and lose him in a game that you may have been able to preserve him and then not have him for the games you really desperately want him at full fitness. So I'd say yeah. this next Argentina game is more of the same. Reward the guys who played well. Understand that you're a bit limited. Stick with, stick with the experience of Alatar, Just you know, tell him to tidy a few things up. Um, more or less, I'd say, we go in unchanged aside from the 10.
0: I think we'll get better, play it safe, get this win, move on to bigger and better things against South Africa and, look, keep us in the fight to actually contest the rugby championship because the All Blacks are looking very shaky. They drop two in a row against South Africa. You know, that gives us a really good chance playing South Africa two games in Australia to really shake up this competition and ultimately maybe get a win against the... The All Blacks either in Melbourne or at Eden Park, or both. Who knows? Absolutely. Um, so obviously Hooper pulling
1: out forty-eight hours before this game, um, mental health reasons, wasn't feeling like he was in a place to um, play. And I have to admit, looking over like the amount of rugby he's played over the last sort of several years as captain. Um, and for the Waratahs and things as well. You can understand why it might be a bit of a burnout sort of mode. And you do almost have to wonder when we have seen the emergence of Fraser McRae, why we were asking him to do all this sort of stuff and whether it was um, a little bit sort of caused by just the amount of pressure they've, they've put on him as an 80-minute player and a captain of Australia as well. Um how do you boys feel about this? First of all, were you worried um, seeing him sort of leave and having losing our captain and having Slip perhaps step in? Um, but then overall, is this like a worrying sign that we're having all these injuries at training and then we're having players burnt out and and not feeling like they're going to be able to produce on the field?
2: Certainly the injuries at training. Uh, I, I, I saw some stuff this week about you know comments from people who are on the inside saying yeah we're we're training really hard like being very physical and the suggestion was that that was a contributing factor to the number of injuries and and some of the like the conditioning seems to be really good we're but winning games where we're down a man and and um where you know playing playing some really good rugby into the 80th minute but guys not making it through some of the training runs and and guys who are injured, not recovering as quickly, or as, you know, someone like O'Connor sort of been on off on off, like what's going on there. um, it, It's possible, but look, it's, I think it's too early to say, I, I don't know if you ever really know the answer with those sorts of things. Um, slipper, oh, sorry, just slipper, um, Hooper just feeling a bit overwhelmed. It's completely understandable. I hope he's all right. Um, equally, I'm, I'm excited that Fraser got his chance, and it's exactly what I expected. Um, he's a he's a drop in replacement who brings as many good things as Hooper does. Not the exact same skill set, but as many uh, awesome skills and as much commitment and and leadership. Ultimately, I think he's he's one of the guys who really gets in people's ears, fires them up. You know, understands how to read the game. Um, Slipper's a, slip a good captain, having the front row are there to talk to the ref when scrums are a bit, you know, we're we're, we're starting a front row that's sort of the best of what we've got and, and behind that it's a bit thin, not bad having the captain that's standing there really managing the ref, I think.
0: Yeah, and like Leo, I was, wasn't worried about having McWright come in. I thought, you know, he'd do a really good job and I was excited to see him play. Hooper, it's it's a bit of a concern since that head knock or concussion he had, I think, against the Crusaders. I don't know if that was a bit of a tipping point. He hasn't had, you know, a recognisable history with concussions, but you got to worry that maybe he's been covering it up for a amount, you know, a, a number of years, and perhaps he does have some concerns around that, and whether it's symptoms from the concussion or it's just, you know, like is it just generally his body has taken such a toll over the, the years that he's been playing. We just thought he was absolutely unstoppable and Energizer Bunny, always going to back up. And so, yeah, it is surprising that he'd pull out last minute for a, a game on tour particularly. But I guess he has probably been dealing with this for a little while and he just thought, look, I can't give 100%. I've got to do the right thing and put my hand up. And I think everyone respects him for doing that. I just hope that it's not a long-term thing and we get to see him again, you know, in the near future. From what I've read, he's going to probably miss the South African games, which is, you know, that's big. But again, Fraser, I'd back him to do the job and you've got Pete Summer in the background there yeah, coming off the bench, can cover seven. Um, but yeah, it just shows you that a guy that I haven't thought twice about, you know, him lasting the test of time, I just thought he's going to keep going he'll probably make it to the world cup and then maybe have a shot at the Lions in 2025. But at this point now he's 30 years old. He's been playing for 10 straight years for the wallabies, you know, picked captain every time under three different coaches, obviously is one of the most decorated wallabies in history. Now, I think you'd say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? It, worst case, it could be the last time he pulls on the Jersey. I, I would say hopefully he can go away and refresh for a couple of months or something and and come back, but you, there's no guarantees of that. So, you know, I wish him well, but it, it is surprising to see. I, I hope it's nothing more than that, you know, like there could be other family stuff going on. He's got a young child now. You just don't know if there's more to it, but hopefully he gets himself right.
1: You said that could well have been the last time we see him pull on a gold jersey for that last England game. Do you think this game on the weekend could have been the last time we see Quaid pull on a Wallabies jersey?
0: Quite possibly. Achilles I mean, injury Achilles.
1: 10 to 12 I, months I, probably to make it back. I
0: think Quaid had a, a, a remarkable season last year for the Wallabies. It really was a fairy tale comeback for him. Whether he was going to last through the next World Cup anyway, I'm not I wasn't sure about that I think Noah's had a bit of a tough run with people doubting him and I know that he's still young Quaid was a great mentor for him O'Connor I think was the first choice coming into this season and he just hasn't had the form and Rennie hasn't been impressed enough to start him so it's um yeah it's it's a bit of a shame because you could see maybe James O'Connor fall out of the selection frame as well and where does that leave you? It's Noah, it's Donaldson. It's they're, totally like, <laughs> they're going back to people like Tamua suggesting he could be someone that comes back into this, but, you know, we shouldn't be looking that direction. We have to back the youth. Hodge is not the answer either, but I'm hoping that if Noah can go ahead and start, James can play a supporting role at least for this year. And then into the future, we've got a few different options coming through in the early twenties.
2: Yeah, that's right. Like it could absolutely be his last game just just on the recovery timeline and that would be a shame and you know, but who knows what state we're in next year. he could be brought back in even if he is um, you know a bit lacking the the time on the field depending on how desperate we are. Yeah, true.
0: They would just say like people saying he's the ultimate professional now, he's kept himself in great Nick and that's why he's been able to perform at the highest level for this long. Um, and you'd back him to actually go through the, you know, the rehabilitation as as quickly as possible and as meticulously as possible. And I know that he has commitments in Japan that he wants to honour. So there's a lot riding on it. Um, And I'm sure that he'll be 100% committed to getting back, but it's a pretty short timeline now. And yeah, we'll just have to see because with a reduced rugby championship next year, I think it's going to be a tough lead-in for him to actually prove himself again.
1: Mm, And make that World Cup squad, of course. Round two of the Rugby Championship, and we're sticking in South Africa and Argentina. Um, so we have the Springboks All Blacks game once again, um, Saturday night, 3 a.m. New Zealand time, 1 a.m. Australian time coming from Johannesburg this week, um, back in Emirates Park, a uh, place we're much more used to seeing um, than um, Mom Bomb um last weekend. Boys, what are you thinking for this game? Any any changes you expect to see? And then what's your tips?
0: I'm I'm not sure what Foster's going to do in terms of selections. I think there could be so many changes, like sweeping changes across the board. I just what's he do? Does he take an extreme punt and say, well, Richie's in, you know, I'll shift things around the back line a little bit, maybe change up the back row. I think his front row is probably pretty set. There's not a huge amount of depth there, but do you just go drastic and try and really shock the system or do you just continue to back the players that you've been saying are going to do the job? Like he, in the press conference, he says, oh, this is one of our best performances of the year. It's like, well, if that's one of your best performances, then you're going to get that's tired. That's not saying much again. of you as a
1: coach, isn't
0: it? Yeah. yeah, like maybe you need to give them a bit of a rev up. Like I know that he's trying to protect them, and I know their confidence is already significantly dented, but these guys are professionals. And I think at some stage you just need to get up them and say, this is not good enough. You know, I'm backing you. I'm selecting you and, and putting my faith in you as a coach. My job's on the line too, even more so than you guys. But, you know, I think he needs to take some risks for the selection. I think South Africa probably will still be too strong, particularly at, I think at Ellis park, isn't it? So it's, Pretty tough place to play. I'll be back in South Africa, but in a much narrower victory.
2: Yeah, I think that All Blacks are, you know, just historically keeping them to ten points is pretty, pretty un, uh, in, uncommon. So um, I'd say i say they bring some changes, but there's certain positions that they probably just can't really afford to, to change. I, I assume Bowden's going to be out. Um, for, for some time. So Richie's going to get his chance. Um, guys like Caleb Clark and, um, and Will Jordan on the wings. They were, they were good selections. When I saw those, I thought, yeah, look, they're going all out firepower line breaks um, speed. Like they, they delivered, they just didn't get enough ball delivered. The, the guy in the crosshairs has got to be um, Rico. I, I don't see how they can continue with him. And then up front again, their forward pack, their front row, they're, they're a little bit limited there too. Like they're, they're running out of, out of guys with good test experience in good form. Um, I think, I think most of the rest stays the same. They, they've made their statement. I don't think they're going to flip on Sam Kane after one game. Um, that they, they, they might not have the guys on tour that they'd like to try. I, I reckon this might be a bit of a, you know, some, some key changes where they have to, but it's more of a, when, when we next play, we're facing Argentina and I'm at home. And everyone is going to be available. Like you can you can, you know, reset the squad there because you're back in your own territory. Um that's that's going to be the threat on these guys. Um but it might be the end of Foster anyway if they lose.
0: What are their options at 13? Because I think Rico, you're right, he can't stay there. I'd be putting Jordan at fullback, dropping Jordy maybe to the bench or something as a utility, playing Severis on one ring with Caleb Clark. But you need to make the change at 13. I think Havili and Richemang, a really good combination. Aaron Smith, yeah, whatever, leave him there. But I think 13's a, a key piece. And then, as I said before, tight head. Can't have Angus Tarbell starting. I think Bauer's okay. is fine. Whitelock and Barrett, pretty good in the second row. Um, at the back row, I think Akira probably needs to go. Um, they're going to leave Sam Kane there. They're going to leave Artie there. So it's really just six tight head prop. 13 and maybe full but, back with there. Yeah. That's, that's what I pretty mean, much right? the extent of it. But I just don't know who you bring it at 13 because I think ALB is not around, right? No. No. Is Goodhue there?
2: Goodhue. Is Goodhue in and Goodhue?
0: I think Goodhue's got to come in with, with Richie and Havili and just go full Crusaders combination, that's, put it on there. Yeah.
2: That's that's kind of where I'm thinking too. Like you're not going to put too much to is, check in there. You, that's you, what you Razor Robertson. is more of a 12. Um, doesn't necessarily have the combinations, a a bigger, heavier ball runner. Um, But I I think, I think the balance, the best thing about the Crusaders combinations is you've got this balance where everyone's a bit of a ball player uh, to to varying degrees. Um, No one's just a big blunt instrument. And I think that gives them a lot of versatility. They'll, They'll be able to move the ball out to those guys out wide and unlock all that space and all that speed that they, that they haven't successfully unlocked. Um, play with a bit more depth and, and and let them play. So that's that's my pick. And, yeah, I think someone like Geordie's had a lot of opportunity at fullback. I think it's time for him to to sit on the bench and just think put firepower outside Will Jordan.
0: If he just says, Richie, is the keys, it's kind of your, you know, my job's in your hands. Go for it. I'm not going to tell you how to play. You know how to play. I'll put the guys you like around you that you're familiar with and just do your best. Like, I think at this point, He's not really going to be able to coach, you know, turn them around by superior coaching in three or four days. Like it's pretty much in the player's hands now to define his destiny. So I think he's just got to empower them and say, just, you know, go for it.
1: I think the real problem is that I'm not sure this forward pack is good enough to lay a solid groundwork for the backs, no matter matter who you put in at the moment, the South African pack, is just so dominant and, Able to bulk. slow down, slow down their team, um, in the forwards, yeah, and then the ruck, and you're just not getting clean, quick balls that these guys love playing with.
0: I think that's the problem. If you play Artie and you play Sam Kane, they're both number sevens. They're both physically not the biggest boys in the world, um, and South Africa's got, I mean, Khaleesi's... He's a bit bigger, probably than your average seven. Yeah, and then the rest of them are just and huge. Got Peter so, toy-
1: <laughs> the other side.
0: I don't, I don't know. I think they just need some really brute, some bruises in there. Maybe Shannon Brazel's kind of can bring some of that Jerome Jerome Kano energy mm. at number six or something. Because I just think Akira Uwani is not doing the job physically.
2: They're probably never going to match up against the back row that South Africa bring, though. Like with Steff to Toy back and Khaleesi and and Jasper Vice, like. It's just a really well balanced dynamic back row. Mm. What's
0: the I mean, tip any for the game, open, guys? You can, uh, South Africa by five,
2: all blacks by three. Mm-hmm. I think I, I find it very hard to see them losing this many in a row. I think I've got to win at some point. And that's what I said
1: last the week though, and then I was like, so that's team what there, we said. Like, yeah, like, yeah.
2: No, that's that's fair, but I I, I just think that, that something will happen this week. If Richie's starting, I have faith in him more than I had faith in Bowden. Bowden just looked a bit too distressed all the time now. He's having to take too much on his shoulders. I think Richie manages that better with his mates around him.
1: I reckon oh, gonna the Springboks are going to win by double digits
2: again. <laughs> and I won't mind if they do.
1: The TAB have this one at four and a half to the Springboks. So Toby was pretty much right on the money there. Um, All right, let's talk about the Wallabies. Once again, 7 a.m. New Zealand time, 5 a.m. Australian time, Argentina, the Pumas and Chequers men will try and take down this Wallaby team. I think we've already talked about what changes we sort of expect, not many, um, only really seeing probably Noah. Um, starting back at ten, boys agree, and potentially going back to three, three backs on the bench.
2: Yeah, I think just if it depends who's fit, right? But if you can have Hodge, if if O'Connor's fit, and and either Gordon or or, D- or Tate, I think it's probably still Gordon. Um,
0: yeah, that, Gordon, that just Jakey I feel like the,
2: the forwards had enough run, and, and unless they I get after this week. Yeah, unless they're stuffed this week, um, I think they can manage the five-three split with with the fitness they've got.
0: I think Lyoto drops out. You know, he's a nice to have in combating some of those larger back rows from the Pumas, but I don't think he's necessary, particularly if you're only going to play him for five minutes of the game. Um, so yeah, I I think we've got a pretty good chance here to to build upon our second half performance and get a, a pretty solid victory. Um, I back Noah in adversity to come through. We saw, we saw him do it last year against France. We saw him do it in game one against England. He definitely has it in him. And I think he's now familiar with the guys around him enough, particularly with Hunter there supporting. You know, Eray I don't think he's going to get a look in, unfortunately, but that back line still looks pretty solid. Um, I think Taniella starts just for a bit of an extra firepower. Um, James Slipper, I mean, how many good things can you say about that guy? He just gets better with age. An amazing player. I think Falau Faianga had a really strong game, and I think for the rest of the, the team, he pretty much just leave it as is. Um,
2: Roy Arnold, I think that his...
0: No, I think Nick Frost honestly was impressive, and yep. just shows he's he's got a multi-skilled player. You know, he's super quick. He's agile. He's good at line-out time. Again, he's going to build into his body. He's got to put on a bit more weight to be really a full-time, you know, international second rower. But I think Rory's probably still building his fitness into the Springbok series where we're going to unleash him against some of those bigger forwards. So I think Matt Phillip will hold down that starting second-row spot for now, but I think long-term maybe you're going to see Darcy in with Rory or something, and then it'll be Phillip and um. Philip and oh, Frost got his name. Frost fighting it out for the bench, um,
2: and I think Frost has got that. Hey, like he's got the great player, factor. great speed, good hands. Like some of the some of the support work he did on the weekend, coming on late. Like he's an athlete. Yeah. He's just great, great athlete. It's really good yeah. that we've managed to retain him.
0: And we just hopefully he can stay injury free because that's the last thing you want when a player is not quite maybe. It, Peak physical size Mm. um, in his development. Uh, You don't want to throw him the deep end too early. I think we've got enough, you know, around the park. We've got a pretty balanced team. There's plenty of skills in there. I think we've got plenty of points in us. It's got to play in the right parts of the field, play smart. I think we can outsmart this Argentinian team. They're a bit hot headed. They tend to do some silly things. And we've just got to be the, you know, the better better team on the day in terms of taking the high road and not getting sucked into some of those silly penalties that we tend to give away when we get frustrated.
1: Yeah. Nick White needs to check his little back chat thing. That's just (laughs) he's been doing that too frequently in recent games. Like I know he loves the chat, um, but he's getting under the ref's skin and that doesn't help anyone.
0: Yeah, you can't.
1: He can get under the other team's skin, but not the ref's.
0: He's he's old enough to know better. He's got to be smart about the way he kind of puts his words out there and be a bit more savvy. I think Adamson was a horrible ref. I mean, we've seen him before. I think he's got a certain attitude about him, and he he was getting in the way a lot, which was really yeah, annoying me as well. His positioning was terrible. Who knows? I don't know who we've got this week, um, but hopefully a bit better. Um, we just got to be careful with these sorts of referees that tend to think pretty highly of themselves. You can't get on the wrong side of them. They'll just blow you out of the game.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see the discipline at the start of the game um, contained a bit and, and just all, all that all that effort from last week, like keep the pressure on. Hopefully the, the cleanness of the officiating means that they don't get these terrible turnovers in key, key points where we've got all the momentum because – the the score could have been five tries a lot earlier than it was. Um, the the way the Argentines played, like the re- the officials should be reviewing the issues with the decisions in that game. Even some around the the scrum, like when we got that, we had the ball at the back, and he's he's like, oh, it's 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 stopped or something. It's it's become static. it well, he he pushed was like, the
0: scrum, and then he's like, no, he didn't use it. It's like we're still moving forward.
2: Yeah, it was a weird and... decision. All the commentators talked a bit about it and didn't like it, and all that sort of stuff. Just, you know, un, unexpected, un, unpredictable stuff that hopefully we don't get. I don't know who we've got in this second game. I don't know if you're looking that up, Arch, but um, assuming that we get a, a nice even game for both sides, I think we've definitely got the wood on these guys. The, the, the attacking at the back um, for Australia has been just so exciting and so hard to contain. It's really our own errors that have that have stopped us scoring more points. So, uh, yeah, I, I back us and I reckon we'll be... We'll be doing it by 14 again.
1: Yeah. So we have Carl Dixon um, this weekend who you may or may not remember another English referee, um, former player. Um, But I do remember um, a previous game with him. And I think he was a reasonable referee. Um, South Africa, New Zealand have Luke Pierce, um, the shorter English ref who's um, been quite good in previous years as well. But Northern hemisphere flavor definitely coming on both sides of the ball there. Um one thing that we didn't talk about before that that I do like, and I do like the just another sort of string to add to Fraser McWright's bow. And it's his offload game off the deck as well. He's always sort of getting his arms up looking for that quick offload. And yeah, once it did, it resulted in a turnover when he popped it to Nick White and the South African hand took it. Um, but I was just looking at our like stats and our offload. Um, numbers are way up from what they have been in previous sort of years, which I think is a good key to sort of speeding, getting a bit more speed and pace to our game. Um, Tips for this one?
0: I said 14. I'll go, yeah, I think it's going to be the ballpark. I'll say Wallabies by 19.
2: The the bookies will have it shorter than that, but that's what I think the real result will be.
0: I think we can really win well. I think we've got a lot more to give in terms of our set piece from a backline perspective. Mm. We could even go into full, like, you know, these malls, get these malls going a bit more. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, TAB have it seven and a half, but I agree with you, boys. Um, you got to think that if we can build on that performance and what we did in that second half, you'd really hope to see another bonus point win here and really go Um, leave this till with the actual maximum sitting on top of the table with 10 points um, in the rugby championship.
0: And like, that's the thing we went for the jugular at the end. We tried to get the bonus point. It worked out. You know, I think we have the conditioning to beat most teams on the day. If you're playing right to the 80th minute, I think, you know, strength and conditioning can be criticized in terms of injuries, but it's obviously working in terms of a game perspective We've won games with one or two men down. You know, and I think that's that's been a kind of a trend under Rennie as well. We tend to play well under adversity, under pressure. Sometimes when things kind of the, the the pressure comes off that we we struggle for motivation, I think. All right, boys. Well, why don't we leave it there for this week? Another
1: exciting weekend and some late nights for all of us that are going to be staying up to watch a few of these games um remember you can um catch up with them all on um stand sport if you do want to just watch the replays and not be awake um all night on saturday night or you can just watch them live um make sure you are liking and subscribing to us wherever you listen to your podcasts and following us on social media on instagram at running rugby podcast or on twitter at running rugby pod another big game for the south africans for the all blacks And for the Wallabies as well against Checkers men, I'll be looking forward to both of these. For some absolutely tip-top rugby as well. Um, But for the next few days, we'll just have to keep on running.
0: Run.